wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. 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 Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, and I don't have anything clever. I'm just really excited because it's a Dr. Octopus episode and I have got stuff to talk about. Heck yeah, it is a Dr. Octopus episode. But uh, we, Before we get to that, we got a couple of things. First, we're going to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, James, and Keith. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of Patreon, one of those patrons sent some word snappers last <laughs> week that we actually worked into the episode. And I've got to be honest, I listened to the episode, that uh, this last week's episode this morning when it came out. Uh, and I got to the end of it and I was like, I thought Doug said it, but I don't even, I didn't, I didn't catch Ooh, it. So, so smooth. real smooth. I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I was praising the show for handling Harry Osborne very well in the first season and then complaining about them putting him in Europe for the second season. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that sounds about right. Cause yeah. it, it wasn't something like, like, uh, like, Her- like is it something like uh, other Harry Osborne's just become like a yeah. pumpkin bomb? I was like, see, this okay. show doesn't turn him. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, real smooth. Cause I literally didn't even. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ooh, I feel good about that. A one. plus. Thanks. A plus. Yeah. If, if you are listening and you're like, what are word snappers? That is a game that we play with our patrons. So if you are a patron on Patreon for, you know, as low as $1, one of your perks is that you get to submit some words that we have to work into an episode that month. Um, and oftentimes they are, they, they are just like nonsense or tongue, tongue twisters. twisters. Yep. Yeah. This one, this one actually, that's actually a very pretty phrase. A pumpkin bomb throwing pyromaniac sounds yeah. like pulled right out of comic book dialogue nice. so yeah. maybe it was from real comic but if not carl that's a that's a great great uh <laughs> great line that that yeah. should be at a comic agreed <laughs> agreed uh but we are not talking very much about harry today i'll tell you that much <laughs> probably at all because he's not appeared or mentioned at all yep. in this one <laughs> but that's okay because it's very auto heavy yeah, yeah. Immediately proving and disproving things that we said last week. Okay. This, this was not an arc that lasted very long, was it? Just kind of uh, wrapped up real quick there. It sure <laughs> wasn't. And I'm really <laughs> surprised. And like, I'm excited to talk about all this stuff because it's like auto stuff. And it's some of it is auto stuff we've never seen done this way before. And there's some wild shit that happens in this episode. But I'm really disappointed this wasn't a longer arc. I'm really shocked. I, and I, yeah. I get the sense that there will be more, but I'm sure. really shocked that the auto being integrated back into Horizon wasn't a longer thing because you could do so much with that. They were doing fun things with him, I feel like, in this episode, but I, yeah. I, I can understand why, you know, if they had this particular idea in mind, but didn't want an entire season of Master Planner that you just kind of wrap it up, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, it would be pretty ambitious to have like 26 episodes of master planning stuff, but I don't know that this show could really pull it off. It's it's funny because they they kind of went the spectacular Spider-Man route a little bit. It feels like where it's mm-hmm. sort of like, well, you know, maybe like, a, you know, a, a, a just a mini a little mini arc at the beginning of the season um, and just sort of close it off there. Um, and and so I'm curious if like they do more of that in in this season because i know one thing about the first season that was interesting to watch was that they just sort of kind of dipped in and out of different storylines and i think that that worked to their benefit most of the time but you know you don't that doesn't necessarily have to be how the structure is and and i will say too like i i haven't seen beyond what both of us have seen at this point Mm -hmm. um but the but the tiniest bit that i know for like just based on like episode titles and stuff from like future like the future season i think i like can see the shades of what's probably being set up with this Mm -hmm. so like yeah this is definitely not going to be the end of doc ock this season and it makes me feel like like you know we were approaching this sort of like oh this is going to be a doc arc doc a Doc Ock arc is what I was trying to say. And that's actually harder to say than I thought. A Doc Ock arc. We thought this was, this was going to be the Doc, Ar- D- uh, Doc Ock arc. Um, but it. I think we're going to probably find that it's set up for a yeah. bigger Doc Ock arc. arc. Jesus Christ. Um, Storyline is the word I should have used. Those Doc are about Ock to be our next word line. sniper words. <laughs> apparently um yeah for sure i mean and and they make it pretty clear that this is not the end of the doc ock arc but it's just it's odd you mentioned spectacular and then we have this example here um and i because of because we've now seen twice the master planner sort of be introduced as a mystery and then sort of immediately revealed i I was wondering a lot today just like how one might write the master planner in a way that still feels like a mystery in the way that spectacular still wrote the green goblin in a way that was a mystery. And I feel like you could do it, but you would need to be able to dedicate yourself kind of an entire season's worth of storytelling. I think to really make people question what's going on uh, and have it still end up feeling like some sort of surprise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the spectacular Spider-Man thing really only worked because they did right. basically two whole seasons, you know, um, and that was such a gigantic gambit that like I've still really yeah. never seen before on a TV show and the way that they pull it, the way that they the way that they did it and everything. So, you know, I, I, I it's yeah, I, I do think a master planner thing. It's it is just so hard when it's like your iconic characters and their most iconic some of their most iconic stories are just based in a mystery that everyone in the world mm-hmm. knows the answer to already. Like it is really hard to do that. And I do I do think that, you know, and we obviously we can talk about through this episode. I think this is that, that that like this version of the master planner stuff, I think, does a decent job of it because it's so contained to being mm-hmm. a short period of time. And it's sort of like, yeah, you know, every, they, they let the characters also be suspicious of Doc Ock being behind everything. Uh, and it's, so it's upfront enough in the pat, like, you know, last week enough. I feel like that when you get to this week, it's just sort of like, I genuinely don't know if he really is going to be the master planner because he's the master planner or if because all the characters are also suspicious of Ock and it seems so obvious that it's Ock that maybe they're yeah. pulling out the rug from other us and it's not just, like, you know, he worked so hard to earn his spot back. I'm just so sh- I'm shocked that the that it yeah. all came crumbling down one episode later. <laughs> That good of a manipulator. And also the other spectacular Spider-Man connection that I find kind of interesting too is like that the master planner stuff in Spectacular Spider-Man also basically ended with like 
with like kind of a version of telekinesis. And then this one also ends up ending with that. Yeah. Oddly enough, like, I guess it's like, it wasn't really telekinesis in spectacular Spider-Man, but it was like controlling things with his mind. Right. Like just, I guess it's a natural thing. It's just, it's just the connections are sort of interesting between. between I mean, even two, without you know. that, the connections were interesting, but yeah, like for where it ends up sort of going, even just sort of thematically or sort of his end goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's versions in the comics that both of these are sort of pulling from or one pulled from and then adds to the canon or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, you know, this this is not the first version of Ock we've seen strapped up to a bunch of technology hanging from the ceiling. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. it's it's all yeah. it's all the mythos, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we've gotten way ahead of ourselves. So let's talk about this. Uh, this episode, uh, we are talking about Marvel's Spider-Man 2017 season two, episode three, entitled Between an Ock and a Hard Place. Wait, hold on. Who are you? You're not Doc Ock. Oh, I know I'm not. Because Octavius is sheer perfection. I only dream of achieving a fraction of his glory. Okay. Wait, I recognize her. Carolyn Trainer. She was in the cell next to mine when I was being criminally rehabilitated. Has she tried to contact you? Oh, heavens no. Reformed? (laughs) As if. Otto hasn't revealed all the steps of his plan to me. But he promised that if I follow his orders, we'll rule this city together. Carolyn Trainer was only a tool, keeping you busy while I reached my true potential. You used me? Otto, how could you? I didn't wind up in prison by accident. I hacked the system and falsified my own conviction just to meet you. You said we would be together. I did everything you asked of me. You served my purpose for a while, Carolyn. That is more than most. Be content with that. The synopsis per IMDb is Spidey must battle a Dr. Octopus superfan. The original air date was June 25th, 2018, written by Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt, directed by Dan Duncan. Names we are all very familiar with at this point. Yeah, and we get this superfan character. We learn her name is Carolyn Trainer. Um, they never give her an uh, like supervillain name or an alter ego name, um, but she is the character in the comics that becomes Doc Ock Two, uh, aka Lady Ock. Uh, she just doesn't get a name in this other than Carolyn, which I think is perfectly fine given the options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was... and this isn't you know it doesn't really it, it, she doesn't. She doesn't really need one yeah. in this episode either. I think it's fitting that yeah. she doesn't get a super real yeah, name. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she's voiced by another familiar figure to us. She's voiced by Carrie Walgren. We have mentioned her before. Uh, the first time we talked about her, it was when we were speculating that she provided the voice of Maria <laughs> Hill in Marvel Disc Wars because those voice credits are a disaster. Um, and I checked <laughs> to see if that was confirmed on her IMDb yet. It is not. Uh, so I still am not sure who did that. Um, and then we talked about her again when we knew for sure that she was the voice of Wasp in Marvel Future Avengers. Uh, some recent credits because she has over a hundred more than she did last time we talked about her. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, she voices Ma Kent and Young Clark in My Adventures with Superman. Uh, she voices Katana and Molina in Mortal Kombat 1. 
uh, and Haruko in Fooly Cooly Grunge. All things that came nice. out very recently as we record this. That's so... <laughs> Wow, she's yeah, she does a lot. Yeah. I mean, she is she is one of those that I've I've seen that name in so many video mm-hmm. games. I think she she was like the the Kirsten Dunst stand-in for the Spider-Man video like oh, the Raimi yeah. Spider-Man video <laughs> games too for Mary Jane. Yeah. yeah. Like she's she's I mean, and it she's it's you see her like her range, like she mm-hmm. she can play your typical young woman and she can play an older mom too yeah. and like do them both like she's she, you know she's yeah she's one of those voice actors that you can just kind of throw in and in, in pretty much any role at this point yeah for sure and she she kills it here as expected uh this yeah. character is yeah, fun, fun i like role. what they do with her i like what she does with her i do too yeah i was i it's always a little bit worrying when it's sort of like a crazy fan girl who oh, loves a super villain well. and <laughs> I, I have I, I enjoy this what they do with her in this one, I think. Um, I think so too. I think it's also maybe easier for us to say that given we've seen kind of some of the worst versions of that via the MTV yeah. show, you know? Yeah, but even that character was still fun. Yeah. That's the thing that's so And there was a lot weird to talk about, about that's the thing that's so weird about these types of characters is that like they are often really fun. Like that's the thing is like people who are like very like obsessive about something and yeah. like, you know, seeing a, a, a fangirl for like a supervillain portrayed is a like really fun concept. It's sort of like, it gets into weird. You gotta weird be mental health territory. You gotta yeah. be tactful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But no, it is, it's a good archetype because it's, it's automatically going to yeah. be bombastic, you know, which is fun for a cartoon. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I think this is played broad enough yeah. that like it doesn't run into the hurdles that many others run into. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. So, okay, this episode, it opens with Spider-Man attempting to get footage with his drone that he is sure J. Jonah Jameson will not be able to spin into a hit piece. After a couple failed attempts, he notices someone with four metal tentacles robbing a bank. Uh, he quickly discovers it is not Otto Octavius. Instead, it is a seemingly new Ock and one who is determined to impress her idol, uh, the original Doc Ock. So confronted with Spider-Man, she's like, oh, I've got this. If I want to impress Doc Ock, all I got to do is kill this guy. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun right from the get-go because mm-hmm. she's just like actually like it's, you know, it's it is – we love a tragic supervillain, but it is always fun when it is just sort of like someone committing crimes because they are enjoying it and having a blast doing yeah. it. Like that is always a really fun energy to see. That's like progressively more and more rare in superhero yes. stuff no, mo- in modern times. I agree. We like, uh, we touched on, uh, not this exact situation, but just the, the sort of diversity or lack thereof of villain motives when we were covering, amazing friends most recently because we were talking Mm. about like not every single villain needs a redemption arc not every single villain needs to be tragic and i do think there are so many types of villain motives that you can use that just don't feel Mm. like they get used very much and simply doing like simply being bad because it's fun to be bad isn't used that much being bad to impress somebody or get somebody's attention i feel like isn't used that much and those are both so fun and she's kind of doing both yeah, yeah, it, it's great because I think that they they play it so nicely because it's sort of like she kind of like seems to be a fan of Otto 
as a whole. She's not a fan of Otto because he's a supervillain, just because he's a supervillain. She's not a fan of Otto just because he's a brilliant scientist. Mm-hmm. I think she's a fan of him because he is both of those things, yeah. and that makes him really kind of fun and interesting, you know? In, in the same way that, like, any person, like, likes a bad boy sometimes. <laughs> like, it's just sort of like, oh, he's a super genius, but also he he's a fucking supervillain. Like, that is so cool. The idea that this Otto Octavius... <laughs> is the bad boy is so like, funny to me. I'm not saying it, you're it wrong, is. but it's hilarious. But it is hilarious, <laughs> but it's true though, right? Like like he is like one of the one of the top evil. It's weird to think about because he's such an awkward weirdo yeah. in this show, but like and he's like a 19-year-old, <laughs> but like he was he headed up the fucking sinister yeah. six. He just mind controlled a bunch of people against their will to like do mm-hmm. his crimes for him. Like he's one of the most evil people on this show I, in terms of his actions. You I know, think like, it's probably <laughs> safe to say he's the most evil one, right? When you add this I to think the Norman, mix, I think Norman is. I think Norman is worse because well. I I think it probably depends on what you're measuring. I think Ak is way more willing to directly and intentionally hurt people for his gain. Whereas, uh, but I don't know, it's hard because Norman is like a leader of a massive corporation you know is hurting people directly. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I don't know. Hmm, like, I feel tough. like gaslighting your son for a really long time is like a very... It's a different kind of evil, but it's very evil. kind of evil, <laughs> you know? Like, there's something, there is something a little bit that feels grosser to me doing that than... Than like, this, it, what he does in this than, one, ah, oh, that's so hard. I mean, we're, yeah, we're comparing guess, impossibly, but yeah, like, that's impossible the thing things that to compare. Sh- and also, like, yeah, it actually is pointless to compare it too because it's sort of like, I mean, in this case, it's like evil is evil. They all are pretty right, horrible right. people. Like, that's kind of where it's. But stopped. we can, if You're it's just a tier list, those two are happily up at the top together. <laughs> yes, they are both S S tier in terms of <laughs> evilness and their supervillainty. What there is no one in this in this show yeah. that tops them at this point, which is just. <laughs> and, <laughs> So wild, given that one of them is a pretty standard Norman Osborn. I mean, obviously, we we pointed things out they were different, but pretty standard Norman Osborn. And the other yeah, yeah, is yeah. this, like, teenage Otto Octavius, who's maybe the most awkward one we've encountered. <laughs> yeah, and has, like, serious inferiority issues, like, yeah. and stuff, like... Yeah, it's it's so funny. It, it's 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 it. really funny. I've it, this this version of Otto is such a it's such a bizarre one. Mm-hmm. It like makes it, it it's he's so it, it's like you know we were so worried about it at the beginning of the show or way early yeah. on, but it's like they really have just he's just uh, such he's like that much more interesting because of these bizarre shades mm-hmm. that like seem to contradict each other but kind of work at the same time. I think it's beneficial that they've never overexplained this Otto Octavius. I think there are things yeah. we were worried they were going to overexplain and they never bothered to do it, which is good. Oh yeah, that's true. There was stuff that they like hinted at early on. I feel like I don't remember even exactly. We were what very it was. worried that it was going to be like a, a girl spurned scor- lover yeah. type thing. And I don't even remember or scorn. I don't know. I don't even remember what. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think both of us. And there were right. there were some like potential height jokes happening. Yeah, but that all they backed off all that like very quickly. Yeah, I don't even remember where the spurned lover thing came from. Like I remember that was he just had a weird sort of like flowery quote about love and how yeah. it was pointless or something like that yeah like it was a weird combination of like probably us just getting used to the way that this auto speaks mm-hmm. 
because he is extremely flamboyant, yeah. <laughs> but like very direct scientifically is like an interesting thing to wrap your head around. And I think it felt maybe more romantic than it actually was. Like if I were to go back and watch it, I'd probably just be like, oh yeah, Otto's just talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was enough for us to be like, uh-oh, is there going to be some girl? <laughs> yeah yes and clearly that's not the case i mean there is some girl right. this time but not in the way that we were worried about oh no, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. at all yeah the other <laughs> the other thing that i really like about carolyn is is the stuff that happens in this next sequence because you know they're Aken and and, and uh spider oh, yeah. fighting she actually tosses him side with aside with ease and she literally is was like oh yay me that was so easy it's, it's great <laughs> And she breaks into the vault. She does what she's what what it's she it seems like she's done what she set out to do. There's just tons of just like coins and gold like just stacked up all around her in this vault, totally disorganized. And and so like, oh, I guess she's gonna take all the money, right? She's like, Oh darn, the crystals aren't here. Oh no, I I got my dates mixed up. And Spider-Man's <laughs> like Okay, just many problems with uh-huh. what's happening right now. First of all, you're here for crystals. Second of all, you misscheduled your master plan. And But I love her response. Obsessed. She's just like, I'm very busy. And I'm like, you know, actually <laughs> valid excuse. Like if you yes. are very busy, it is hard to, to schedule stuff. I get that. I totally yeah. get it. I love that she likes being bad. She's doing it to impress Otto Octavius or get his attention. Um, and she's a fucking airhead. Like she just yeah. is like... She's busy and goofy and silly. And yeah. I think that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> She's it's... prone to mistakes, which is good considering like Spider-Man stood no chance against her. Yeah. Like not a chance whatsoever, which is I think fair because I don't think he ever really fully stood a chance against Doc Ock. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they they make their tentacled villains very formidable in this series. They really do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, it's, it's you know, she's making rookie mistakes, but I like that it's not, like, I feel like the yeah. rookie mistakes that you expect from supervillain stuff is more like, oh, you don't fight good, or, like, you took the wrong hostage. In this case, the rookie mm-hmm. mistakes are, like, the rookie mistakes that anyone would make in a new job of just like time management yeah. and like not double checking yeah. your, your, you know, not <laughs> right. double checking your work before you, before you sent it off. Like that's right. what she's doing. She now. explicitly says it's like her second day. Yeah. Spider-Man's like, what is your first day being a super? She says, actually it's my second. And she doesn't beat herself up about it. She's like, totally just sort of like oh shoot about it and yeah. i just think she's i think it's great it's great i love her i yeah. love her <laughs> it's, she's, it's she's very endearing like right from the get-go yeah <laughs> um but yeah so the, the crystals she was looking for they were in the vault at one point they've already shipped out and in fact a couple of second guard uh, security guards show up um because you know the alarm went off so she does the supervillain thing by attacking them to distract spider-man ultimately gets out unscathed so like even though she's making rookie mistakes she's still pretty good about the supervillain stuff right now like right from the get-go um she was in control that whole time yeah 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 so you know despite not stopping the baddies spider-man still celebrates it's like well you know i did get her out of the bank like she didn't destroy anyone she didn't kill anybody like seems like a win for me like i think I think that JJ can't spin this, right? It'll be fine. Of course, oh, it's Oh, you poor, not sweet, fine. naive boy. Because, <laughs> um, you know. He doesn't know what other Peters know. Right. Because, of course, Jameson just spins it, uh, you know, horribly, right? Um, and it's just like, you know, they, they, I mean, and to be fair, like, 
the bad guy did get away. A couple of security guards like did get thrown into the mess. Like it makes sense the way that he's spinning it. And it's to the point that like there are other kids around Peter who were sort of like, why did Spider-Man even get involved? Like he could have just let the security guards handle this or whatever, which doesn't make Peter very happy, obviously. Fortunately, Miles pulls Peter away from the TV, not because he needs to help Peter out with the whole like coping with people hating him, but just because they don't want to be late for Professor Octavius's class. My my first thought, and this will be a continuing one, Miles related throughout this episode. We've said our Miles piece like over and over again at this point, and that's going to continue to happen, I'm sure. But like another issue that comes up with me with Miles with this episode. I feel like they come up with sort of a justifiable reason to keep him out of the Spider-Man stuff in this one. Um, They're trying. They're trying. I mean, they clearly are making an effort, right? Um, But what we don't get is, like, what's Miles' perspective on the Jameson thing? Like, we don't – like – and to what does Jameson ever comment on there being two Spider-Mans? I guess he's not going to because Miles is never Spider-Man. But it's like I know. But it's like what Well, but you and I have a slight peek into the future and no, he yeah. doesn't. It's going to I guess it's <laughs> going to be I guess that's more of a conversation for next week because that's like a bigger big conversation next week is Spider-Man yeah. being perceived as a menace and Miles like supporting him, but then it's just sort of like I never know, like, does Miles feel like a menace? Does Miles get hurt by seeing this? Are, is there ever footage of Miles as Spider-Man? Or is he just not Spider-Man yeah. enough that there's no video footage of him? Like, and it feels like they're just consciously avoiding addressing that, which just lends to the bigger problem of sort of like, do you just not want Miles to be Spider-Man? Like, and if yes. so, maybe you need to do something I'm, with this. At this point, yeah. I'm convinced both in the first season and the second season. And I don't understand why Yeah, that they just, I think they honestly regret having miles be Spider-Man as early as they did. Or they were forced. They just simply didn't know what to do with him or they, yeah. Or they begrudgingly did it. They were forced to do it and then just weren't enthusiastic enough about figuring it out. But like, there's just no way you can walk away from that first season and even three episodes into this one and feel like they're making any effort or enthusiastic sort of, you know, strides to incorporate Miles as Spider-Man into this world. Yeah. When I said earlier, they're making an effort. I meant they're making an effort in doing everything they can to keep oh, him not, uh, right. not, That's not what being I meant Spider-Man. Too. Yeah. The one thing that I will give this season is that they, when, when Miles isn't around, I think so far they have maybe done a better job of at least trying to use a line here or there to explain why he is not involved. We saw the security thing, which was supposed to be, we don't need to be Spider-Man because we have other options, you know, like they're trying. That's where their effort is, but it's, it, uh, there's just too many things, you know, like it's too many questions. You can't have two Spider-Men in the city and not have people be asking questions. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll talk about how they keep him out of the fray in this one um, as this goes along. But yeah, so they go to Professor Octavius, his class. uh, And as they, you know, approach his classroom, they overhear Otto talking with a police officer about this new Oc. Like, obviously, the suspicion is going to go with Dr. Octopus if there's another person that looks like Mm -hmm. Dr. Octopus walking around. Oh, yeah. And Otto's Otto's like extremely agreeable. He's just sort of like, I don't know anything about this really. I've had no connection with this person, but I can tell you who she is. It is a woman named Carolyn Trainer uh, who also spent time in the cellar and in fact like was in the cell next to me. So yeah. I I know who she is, but I have had no contact with her. And in fact, I would really like you to just keep her away from me. 
Um, so yeah, he does agree to help them with any further investigation as well. So like, yeah, it, at this point, it seems like he's being very cooperative and has given them everything he knows. Yeah. 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 He's just a, he's just a sweet teenage professor trying to incorporate back into his everyday normal person life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's a changed man because we get to see him in class, this new, new Otto Octavius. Uh, and it's weird. And I love it. Peter and Miles are absolutely shocked to learn that Otto Octavius is taking a new, looser, more random approach to class in order to better understand the neurocortex. Um, this involves opening the class with a joke, sitting, having everyone sit on the floor, uh, and rewarding students for questioning him. And I like this, actually, yeah. because it it's weird, but it actually makes sense. Like He explains why he's doing the things he's doing to the students and to us. And I feel like it's a good explanation. He's like the neurocortex mimics the way that brains work and brains are often a series of random Hmm. sort of responses to stimuli. And so the only way to understand something like that is to sort of think outside of the conventional box. It's weird to see Otto doing it. Yeah. It's like unsettling for them to see Otto doing it, but I kind of love it. And I think it was like just weird enough that you could question, yeah. Maybe it's weird enough that nothing weird's going on, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that makes sense. I just think it's funny because it's like that's so random. We're like sitting on the floor. We're having a group hug. Oh, so random. But I appreciate what they're doing. That's just he's all still auto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I think that's actually that is actually a good point. I mean, because yeah, like you're you're right. The whole thing is all about the brain and everything and he's not saying anything wrong. So it's a, it's a perfectly good justification like for the class, but also makes sense for what we know by the end of the episode that he's manipulating people that he's like really go doing his, his best effort to make it be like, look how different I am from who I was before everybody. Yeah. Well, and either way, right. Whether he is being nefarious or whether he's trying really hard to like actually be reformed and ingratiate himself. This makes sense because either like either way it's manipulation. One is evil manipulation and the other is just simply like social manipulation of trying to get people to like see you differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it kind of works in every direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we clocked basically everything last week but (laughs) um, (laughs) i do think if you're going to try to Uh throw us off the scent if this if this had more room to breathe Mm -hmm. i think this is one good way that they could have kept us sort of wondering like why is he being weird yeah right right (laughs) yeah um he also i mean the whole rewarding students for questioning him thing comes from anya being like, what does any of this have to do with science? <laughs> um, and this interaction basically leads to him saying, okay, Anya, Gwen, and Miles, you three are going to be the leaders of these three development teams that I'm making. Um, and we're going to have you know, late night meetings because this is a pretty big project. Mm-hmm. And oh, those late night meetings are going to start tonight. He also takes a dig at Peter, <laughs> which is very funny where it's like, and I do want everyone involved, regardless of skill level, noogie for Peter. Yeah. Which, you know, it's funny, though, because didn't literally last week, didn't he like tell Peter like how he like underestimated him or something like that last year? I feel like there was a pointed line about that to Peter directly. And now he's like right back to being condescending to him, which maybe that's just yeah. a hit that he's actually, that he is still evil deep down. And he's just, he's still he's, kind of an yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good, yeah, that's a good question. 
it's fine. It's fine. I, but, I think it's it's funny. But it also like it it then sets up uh Miles's line afterwards because you know because Peter's like because you know Miles even is like kind of a sort of like oh I'm sorry that you didn't get to be a to be a leader and Peter's like no you know Otto is right like I'm not really paying attention very much in class I like I'm consumed with my Spider-Man stuff um yeah. to which Miles is sort of like ah oh, you know you got to balance your you know your work school life balance buddy and I'm like oh is that why you're never Spider-Man Miles is because your way of balancing your uh your work you know your Spider-Man school balance is to just never be Spider-Man because you're just not important. be Spider-Man yeah mm. that's the thing is that we, I again I'm it's getting to a point where it's probably like a broken record thing but I I keep seeing like opportunities to be like if you needed to keep Miles out of the fray for so long I can find little character things they could have introduced to at least give a character reason for why he's not right. and I could even I could see it being like this Miles just being like I love being Spider-Man but I also love my life and unlike you Peter I feel like it's healthy to have better boundaries and I like I like actively am going to limit my timing Spider-Man or something like that. You know, no, that's absolutely the problem, because even as they get better at explaining away episode by episode why Miles isn't involved, there's no character reason to like fill in the blanks. Right. We don't know. We, we technically do not know that Miles is Spider-Man less frequently than Peter is because we don't have that character piece to sort of be like, oh, of course he's Spider-Man less. For all we know, he's Spider-Man just as frequently, just somewhere else and not helping Peter. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, but like there's no clear, they haven't clearly sort of told us anything about Miles' relationship to to being Spider-Man for us to draw any sort of conclusions it's sort of like it feels you and i are both power rangers fans it feels more like having to write excuses for why actors aren't in (laughs) an episode or why characters or rangers aren't in episodes Mm -hmm. based on limitations yeah more than yeah anything else right like power rangers had to come up with weird obvious ways to have characters not be in episodes because they just literally weren't there. Yeah, because like the footage they were using didn't have right. those Or the actors it, yeah. were literally gone. Like oh. they were walked off set or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's plenty of reasons. Um, but in the case of this show, like they're building that character. So it feels yeah. weird when the, like that shouldn't be a comparison. It shouldn't feel like the same thing as the Power Rangers thing. Yeah, well, I was also thinking too, I was thinking about this one's watching the, the episode we're going to cover after this, but we're talking about it so why not bring it up now like i started thinking about batman the animated series and one of the things mm. that i think that show actually benefited that show is because it, is that it had batman and it also had robin introduced but because that show is so episodic and like didn't have any you know it was very not serialized at all there would just be times where it's sort of like this episode just works better without Robin in it. So we don't have to include him in the episode and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. There, there would literally be stuff where it's just sort of like if this episode had Robin in it, it would break the whole story. The whole benefit is that it is just Batman out on his own doing this. And like, if you try to look at it holistically, it doesn't really make sense. It's like, well, where is Robin? Like why, why is Robin not here in the scenario where it could be useful, but because it's, epi- because it's, it's so episodic and every episode is so heavily self-contained. And it's just sort of like in the episodes that Robin's not in, you could just sort of pretend he doesn't exist. I think that that, that approach makes a lot of sense in that scenario. It kind of feels like they want to take that approach in this show, but 
the two problems are a it's serialized. It's not episodic. So like you can't, you do have to explain where characters are. You can't take any episode as almost being its own little universe. But the other issue is that, the, the the reason that Rob that a, a, a an episode of Batman without Robin would work is because Robin is explicitly his sidekick, like he is ex- explicitly yeah. not a solo hero. And in fact, like a lot of character stories about him are about the fact that he is a sidekick and maybe would rather be his own hero, right? Mm-hmm. This and this show essentially just treats Miles like Peter's sidekick, but because Miles, you know, in the comics and in the sort of grand mythos is his own Spider-Man. I think that they are understandably afraid to just list him as Peter's sidekick. So that's, they want to pretend that he and Peter are on equal, equal footing and that Peter's just sort of his mentor, but they still write him as Peter's sidekick. So it's sort of like, it's like their gut is correct in not wanting to minimize miles Morales as a Spider-Man. Right. But for this show, they actually should do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because then it would at least explain why they have minimized him. Yeah. Like if they explicitly say, "Oh, he's less comfortable, he's less seasoned, he is still constantly learning from Peter, so he only helps in extreme situations or when he's learning a lesson or something." Like there if you made him more explicitly a sidekick, it would actually work better for the story. But I get their I right. get the sort of gut reaction of like we can't do that to Miles because it, in yeah. almost every other situation, I don't want you to do that to Miles. Yeah, because it would feel and it does feel kind of gross to just be like Miles is a sidekick now, right? But it's like I think he would be better. He would be better utilized if you just embrace that about him in this show specifically, or he just shouldn't have become Spider Man. Or I don't. I mean, I don't want to say that he shouldn't have been a character because like I like him in the supporting cast a lot. Yeah, I think he fits. We've into already the show said very like well, he could like, just be a student and not be Spider Man, yeah, and he yeah. would be a great supporting cast member. Yeah, and then you know become Spider Man much later in the show. Like the fact that you know we're the, this deep into it, and we know that Gwen and Anya are inevitably going to become Spider People, like for real, and they haven't really. <laughs> and other than the weird Spider Island yeah. stuff, like they haven't pulled the trigger on either of them yet. But Miles, it feels like they did it with him forever ago. That feels very yeah. telling to me. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, 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 and I was so hopeful too because after that class, after they're assigned these leaders after they find out they have these meetings, Miles says, I will help you find Carolyn. I just can't do it until after the meeting. Yeah. And I was like, sure. okay, like I don't, I'm not expecting this to pan out, but he's at least acknowledged that he can help Peter with something. So I, there was a little bit of hope. There's a little spark of hope there. Yeah. I think it ultimately works better that it doesn't work out for this specific episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I liked that the show was finally having Miles acknowledge that he can be helpful as a Spider-Man. Right. 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 right yeah. Yeah. So that evening before uh, begins, he begins his search, Peter stops by the bugle to confront Jameson about how he's using the Spider-Man footage. Um, and, you know, it's 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 what you'd expect. Right. Jameson just sort of like, hey, look, Spider-Man's a mass vigilante, you know, and this is this isn't a post MCU world. So everybody knows Iron uh-huh. Man and Captain America's secret identities. Spider-Man is kind of the only major superhero that is still that a secret identity is still a big part of his identity. So the fact that he is a mass vigilante, he's clearly hiding something for nefarious reasons. Your typical Jameson stance, right? Um, What I do like is that I do think oftentimes Peter is positioned as being like the one photographer who can get who can get this footage because of his relationship with Spider-Man. But in this case, like Peter's like, I'm not going to give you my footage 
if you're going to spin it this way. And Jameson's like, okay, whatever, then leave. I'll find someone else. Like he has oh, I love no that. worry at all that he won't find someone else. Like absolutely no worry. I love that so much. Like Peter actually yeah. has no leverage whatsoever, uh, which isn't necessarily the case for a lot of Spider-Man iterations. Right. He usually does, right? Like Jameson usually recognizes that Peter Parker is special, but in this show, he has not realized that yet. Yeah. And so he's just like, whatever, kid, get out of my office. Like, you got lucky a couple times. <laughs> Bye, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. So after that interaction, Peter does start searching for Carol, and he goes to the docks because that's where the security guards did mention that the crystals had been delivered to. Um, and without a clear sign of Carolyn. Oh, I was so mad at this at first, but I have healed based on seeing the whole episode. Yeah. But without seeing a clear sign of Carolyn, Peter calls Miles <laughs> and specifically says, you know what? Don't come. Don't worry about it. Nothing's here. Don't bother. <laughs> and the scream I scrumped uh-huh. and not in a good way. Oh, yeah. I was like, this fucking show. But it's okay. I yeah. actually think it's worth it, it. It ends up playing out in a very good fun valid beautiful reason. way that i really enjoyed watching unfold yeah look if, if they're going to keep mile out of out of being spider-man like this is kind of the way to this is a yeah. way to do it is by kind of integrating him not being spider-man into the story and make that actually part of the kind of part of the puzzle actually so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it ends up being a puzzle piece it's beautiful mm-hmm. um of course though because he tells miles not to come Carolyn shows up like seconds later. Yeah. So of course, Spider-Man's like, well, fuck me. Right. So she, she shows up, she reveals that she has made several Octobots programmed with Doc Ock's superior tactics. And I actually did check my comics timelines. That is definitely a reference. Oh yeah. Absolutely a reference. 100%. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And then leave Spider-Man to just contend with the Octobots. Like she is once again, fully in control. She's not even, she was already in control without the Octobots. Now she's just like, play with my pets, please. While I go over here and do this. (laughs) And it's so great. She gets exactly what she wants. She finds the crystals. And once again, just tosses Spider-Man aside. He stands no chance. It's incredible. Iconic. Iconic. (laughs) Iconic. She's great. Yeah. She's so good. I mean, I don't, I don't get the sense that this version of Carolyn Trainer is like the comic versions no, of Carolyn Trainer. It really not. seems like from the little bit I know about Lady Ock or Doc Ock 2 that she just was a like a pretty straightforward female replacement yeah. of Doc Ock. And this is just she's just so much fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. I like her a lot. I hope I really hope that we'll we see her again at some point because oh, I would love to see to see more from her because she's so fun in this episode yeah she rocks yeah so the next day uh they begin you know researching carolyn Mm. miles shares this is where it gets tasty yeah miles shares that uh, actually you know i I never even got your voicemail that you left and he's like you know this development meeting it was just so exhausting i actually i barely remember even going home like and you know peter obviously is consumed Mm -hmm. By the by the Carolyn stuff, so he's just like not even paying any attention at all. Like mm-hmm. Miles dropping all these hints. He's even like, you know, like I I don't I didn't even I was like asleep in my clothes. Like I didn't even change out of my clothes. And Peter's like, uh-huh. Anyway, like and it's just like, oh Peter, yeah. that's right in front of you, man. <laughs> right there. Right there. <laughs> I loved this moment. Yeah. It was like such a salve on the like anger I felt over yeah. Peter telling him not to come. Cause then I was like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, like he didn't even know. Clearly he, like, something. Fully didn't show up for 
total other reasons. Yeah. And something is afoot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, They exchanged some info there. Carolyn weirdly has no criminal record, which doesn't really make sense. How is is she (laughs) locked up in a prison? Uh That doesn't make sense. But she does have a PhD in electrical engineering, um, despite being a bit of an airhead. So she is still like, you know, she's very smart. Doesn't seem like a criminal. What's going on here? Uh, And actually, her Octobots are like, it's easy to tell where they came from because they're built from ordinary everyday components. You can literally buy at a hardware store. Miles is like, I use all of the stuff in my own stuff that I built. Like, I recognize all of these things. Like, she's not this. She doesn't. This isn't coming from some like, you know, some like super like secret organization or like huge, huge company or whatever. Like, she's just doing this shit on her own, it seems like. So what is going on? Which is a really good detail. I, yeah. I honestly think one of the re- I, I know I know it would be really ambitious to have a long term master planner story. But I feel like some of the things they did in this episode mm-hmm. kind of makes me feel like they could have pulled it off. I mean, like there's little things here and there that just raise enough questions, you know, like yeah. the fact that she they have these details of her being in prison next to Doc Ock, but for some reason not having a criminal record, building all of her stuff from ordinary things. Like mm-hmm. it makes it it gives you enough questions you don't have answers to. And then it also with the hardware thing is like, okay, so she is operating alone? Like she doesn't actually work for anyone? Right. Like you could you could really make a meal out of that. Yeah. And really sort of like direct the audience in particular ways based on some of these little tiny details that they put into this episode i love it <laughs> yeah i do too well and also you know it's sort of like even if you're going into it just assuming that it'll turn out to be doc ock in the end the question is Which sort of like both why, of us were the question know? is still like why and how like what is like what is yeah. like what does she have to do with any of this stuff how could this be part of a doc ock plan like what is she stealing and why what does the neurocortex have to do with it why is miles tired like it doesn't it's you know, enough yeah like mysterious details that yeah. like even if you go into it like we were being like, this feels yeah. like a master planner thing, there's enough sense to throw you off or yeah. make you question. Right. Well, and, but does that make sense? Like, do all these things make sense and together? You could, and you could piece it together on your own, but not in a it's predictable way, but in a like a good detective novel kind of way. Like, it's yeah. just they're giving you all the pieces. And and if you're, you know, if you're good enough at solving this stuff, you you could you could figure out what the ending was. Yeah. Um, but. You know, it, but also it's also happening so rapidly that it's hard to like catch your breath before another weird little wrinkle is thrown in. So that's a good point. Maybe it wouldn't work as long term because of like the pacing yeah. really helps keep yeah. you from like stopping down to think about it. Because ultimately it's not that complicated is like what it, what it all ends no. up being. Really, it's just like it's just the, the actual p- components of it are just sort of weird. But yeah, I just love that. I love this whole thing, just in introducing all these weird little variables. Yeah. Um, and I also, again, love this acknowledgement of the Spider-Men because Peter's like, all right, you know, we got a bunch of weird things going on. Is this, this mean it's time for the Spider-Men to go to work? Oh, angelic music to my ears. <laughs> but of course, Miles has a meeting uh, that same night, so he cannot join. Yeah. Well, I got to work on that, uh, that's that, that, uh, work school life balance, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know the irony, right? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, right as Miles leaves, we get one, uh, one more little reference to Peter's tuition problems. Cause Max is like, Hey Pete, by the way, uh, you still owe me tuition. Sorry. Um, it, it, it is like, positioned as like Max is doing everything he can to protect Peter, yeah. but the board, 
of Horizon is like, no, this kid's got to pay or else he's getting kicked out tomorrow. So Yeah, Max is stalling them, clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really uh, putting up a wall. And, right. and, and I like this because we just saw him basically tell... I mean, again, it's like you were saying. You could predict where this is going, but it's still done well, where we literally just saw Peter be like, I'm not going to give you footage because you're using it wrong, but yeah. that's how I was making money. And then Max swoops in and is like, you need money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Peter's Peter suits up to search for Carolyn on his own. And he stumbles. This is so funny. He stumbles across an abandoned seafood restaurant with like all these octopus mascots, like classic Japanese anime octopi all over mm-hmm. it. It's a very cute design. And that seafood restaurant is next to a hardware store. And Peter's like, no, that's, she wouldn't like that's too obvious right like she's smarter than that that's not gonna they're not she's not she's not gonna be in a classic supervillain layer where like act with clues pointing to her theme for the supervillain that she is but like of it's fucking no. like of course she's exactly the type of person who would do this exactly <laughs> and they establish it this episode is good they yeah. establish that this like the fact that he's like this is such a stupid place for me to look. But then earlier in the episode, they established that she's not that good at being a supervillain. Yeah. And she's just kind of like bumble fucking her way through it. Yeah. Like, it's kind of perfect that she's in this spot. Like, she's exactly, like you said, the type of person who would look at that and be like, of course, that's my secret lair. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, but that's what supervillains do, right? <laughs> they have a theme and they go really hard on that theme. Like if you're, you know. And isn't it like, convenient I, that the hardware yeah. store is right there? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an octopus <laughs> like, villain. He says. Yeah. He <laughs> says like she has no common sense. How did she get a PhD? Yeah. You know, like they, they, they drop these little things all the yeah, way through to sense. the point that like if you pick all of them up, like you're with Peter like this is this is this can't be the case but then you have a hard time arguing with it when it's the case yeah she's a very (laughs) she's a very well-defined character I I really I really love it really truly yeah yeah but yeah so she is there Chris uh uh, Carolyn is wondering to herself what what he wants with the crystals so you know you can who could that be (laughs) yeah I think you could figure out who the he she's referring to is but uh Spidey baits her into chasing him through the restaurant and then stealth deactivates her octobots and webs her up love that love a little bit of stealth I thought that was fun Mm -hmm. this is where it gets interesting if you weren't already figuring things out right yeah uh because webbed up Carolyn calls Spider-Man a maniac because he deactivates all of her octobots and he's like I'm a maniac you're the one who's trying to team up with a reformed supervillain. Like, why would you waste your time doing that? And she's like, reformed? He's not reformed. He might not have told me everything that he's doing, but he's certainly not reformed. And he told me that we would rule the city together. (laughs) And I love this. Again, she is the perfect character for this. And this is another one of those things that is just sort of like, crafted well enough that spider-man can sit there and be like you are just not attached to the same reality as me right like i am seeing a different Otto octavius than you are i think you might be like losing it here yeah uh, well if i mean you know like we we brought up christina from the mtv show who's like you know probably one of the closest characters that we've seen to carolyn right in terms of like yeah. how she's presented and like in that scenario she is literally hallucinating like a Spider-Man that she worships telling her to do things. Right. And so like, I think that there's, 
a worse version of this episode where Carolyn is. Oh yeah. Where the reveal is that Carolyn is hallucinating Otto telling her to do things like, you know, and, and, right. and, and I like the direction they go instead is that it's just sort of like, you know, she's kind of naive, but like, they're not trying to say that she's like mentally ill or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, they don't do any of that. Right. Like I was dancing around sort right. of like Peter's feelings. Peter uh-huh. never actually says any of the things I said mm-hmm. um, and actually is much better about it. And it's just basically like that can't be the truth. And he even tells her like, Doc Ock gave your identity away. Like he he told the police who you are. Yeah. So like whatever claim you just made about the two of you running the city together, I know at least that part is untrue. Yeah. And I like this because even if this whole story with Carolyn was meant to throw us off the scent mm-hmm. or or maybe take us to Doc Ock and then, you know, throw us off or whatever, the the not bad version of it is just that she's obsessed with him and yeah. has this sort of like almost parasocial relationship yes. with a famous supervillain. Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely a parasocial relationship. Right. So like it, th- there's enough room where that can, ju- that could have been true. Um, and I think Peter kind of thinks that's the case, but it is just fishy enough that he's like, I should at least look into it. Yeah. I, I shouldn't ignore the things she is saying. And I like that this is the case because this is a better a better way to handle it where it's like, I'm not just going to write her off as crazy. Right. Like I should probably take what she's saying seriously, even if she's saying it in a way that doesn't quite compute for me. Yeah. The other thing that I really like about this too, and this more plays into like what the final reveal is, but especially it was in this moment that I was sort of like, this is interesting because you could just assume that like the master plan that Doc Ock has, like that Carolyn would just be, involved in it and it would just be like yeah of course he said my name that was part of the plan to like throw everyone off his scent or something like that yeah but the fact that she is like surprised and in disbelief and like de- almost in denial that he would have given her up like mm-hmm. then it's just sort of like oh okay this is interesting because for one if you're watching in real time it's just sort of like wait so is there is there some third party or something that's actually pretending to be Otto or right. something like that? Like, what's the deal here? And as and you know, but and then as it's revealed, it's just sort of like, oh no, he just it really is just Otto's own hubris. Like he really just thinks that low of yeah. everyone around him that he doesn't yeah. even give a shit about throwing her under the bus and never assumed that she'd be able to retaliate or anything like that. Yeah. But like, I I mean, it ends up working well. But like in this specific moment, it's just sort of like that 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 one detail that like that not every piece of not everyone is aware of everything that's happening in the plan. And there is a little bit more chaos than we're expecting that that is, was really exciting to see. Yes. Well, it also, I mean, the sick part of me that loves this auto being so fucked up yeah. is like the fact that he doesn't give every piece of his puzzle, yeah. all the information I think honestly makes him, a scarier master planner. It's you know smarter. What I mean? It's smart. If yeah. everybody thinks that they're his number one mm-hmm. and is okay with, and it just sort of like trusts that he is telling them only what they need to like, that's not, that's not a number one. That's not healthy. Right. You know, like we've seen a couple pieces on his board here and none of them all seemed to know what was going on. Silver Sable seemed to know the most. And even she told Paladin, like trust the process. He's got a plan. That doesn't yeah. tell me she knows what the plan is. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I think like it's I think a, a a a thing that sometimes I think some writers run into with trying to make 
master planner type characters is that it's sort of like, well, if they are really good, then they are just going to have a backup plan for everything and have and everything as part of the plan. And I like this. And, and I think that can work sometimes if you construct it really well. But other times it's just sort of like literally how could they have predicted that that would happen? Like, why would they right. do this? And in this case, I think that they have just enough of like like auto manipulated people but like he didn't he not everything that happened was part of his plan like some of the stuff really was just a mis- either a mistake that he made or something that someone else did like you know and in this case like just the the naming Carolyn Trainer and throwing her under the bus and just assuming that would just get yeah. her out of his hair once once you know once he got his powers in the end like that the fact that he isn't he's not a literal god in terms of being able to plan right. for things yes that I think that that works for me so well. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking house of cards he's building. It's not actually a master plan. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he it it gets corny or it gets like almost like oh you could one up constantly if everything is perfect or godlike. Right. But the fact that the fact that just the right piece of information given to the right person can have everything tumble down, but he still managed to build it is way more compelling to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, realizing that the neurocortex development meetings probably haven't let out yet, Spider-Man is like, okay, I'm going to try to check out what's going on. Maybe I can, like, see what's up with Otto or, like, maybe even confront him or whatever. Oh, the So, he pokes around. The scene. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love it. It's so good. It's so fucked up. It's so much more fucked up than I expect this show to be. Yeah. And I love it uh-huh. because when Spider-Man arrives to the neurocortex lab looking for things that might be amiss, what he finds is far more than amiss. <laughs> it's actually fucking creepy as hell because Gwen, Anya, Miles, and a fourth student. I didn't realize there was a fourth student. Oh, but I didn't even student. notice there was somebody else there. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but there's four of them. Um, <laughs> these four students are all hooked up to computers through a device on their head and appear to be computing against their will. And they show their eyes like rapidly darting about, but clearly not seeing anything in front yeah. of them. And like their fingers are just like, like typing like at super speed next to them as they're just yeah. like staring blankly with their eyes, like darting around. Yeah. It's so fucked up. It's like, not it's... even like a natural position. They're typing. No. Like their arms are almost like, splayed in a way like normally your hands are next to each other when they type they're yeah Yeah. it's all so weird and they're all just blankly staring but not staring because their eyes are it's it's so creepy it is so creepy it it it, this i mean a lot there's a lot in the sequence that's very anime but like i've seen like horror but i've seen like horror anime that i feel like looks like this like there's something to like the particular type of body horror and the way that their position is like some some Juji Ito stuff and I think some like Evangelion stuff that I've seen where it's just like putting people in like these really uniquely weird positions that you can only do in a cartoon um Mm -hmm. and just having you know having their really wide eyes like not fucking eye thing the eye thing is really what fucking so clearly ripped right out of anime yeah yes yeah I feel like I've seen that so many times it's not just that their pupils are tiny like their whole fucking iris is too small in like yeah. an unsettling way yeah. when these characters all have like anime eyes on the regular they all have right. massive mm-hmm. you know eyes mm-hmm. um yeah it's so creepy it's so th- yeah the the sort of involuntary bio 
uh, what is it? Biomedic? No, bio, bio. What am I trying to say? Biomechanical. Yeah. The sort of involuntary biomechanical stuff. We saw some of this in the 90s show where it was like mm-hmm. uh, a woman mixed with a bunch of mechanical stuff that she right. didn't necessarily agree to. Yeah. It's all that just is so creepy. It's so creepy. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And it just becomes so clear so fast that this auto is so far beyond even what we thought he was, right? Like, <laughs> mind control is one thing. Mind control is, like, extremely a violation and, like, very yeah. creepy when you think about it. Puppeting other people is is fucked up. In this case, he's literally just, like, plugging them into a computer. Yeah, and, you know, the mind control, not to minimize it, but he was doing it with, like, supervillains and Spider-Man. This case, it's yeah. literally just high school students. Right. Right. Miles is the only one who's not just like an average kid. Yeah. And he doesn't know that. He assumes that Miles is right. just a kid. Right. His yeah. intention is, yeah, just these are regular kids. And like, is the implication that they would just be there like until they die? Like, or like, is there an end? Like, it seems like, like that Otto has to be connected to them to, you know, to use this power when we see him use it. Like, would they just be there until their bodies give out and they find someone else to do the typing eventually or something like that? Or it's, it's hard I to don't tell. Know. I don't know. I mean, I would like to think that the idea is that he's figuring it out and mm-hmm. that he wouldn't need to have them constantly connected. Yeah. But there is a point at which Spider-Man says like, you're going to fry their brains. Yeah. Like, like you will completely er- like just erase their minds if they stay hooked up here. But I don't know that that was necessarily the plan. I mean, he's absolutely using them in a horrific way. Yeah. But he lets them go, and Miles is walking around the next day after the first instance of this. So I imagine that this wasn't meant to be like a a two-and-done situation. I think it only escalates to the point that it does because Spider-Man finds him. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, Otto claims... What he's doing to the students is unimportant compared to what they're doing, compared to what they're doing for him. What a narcissist. Uh, basically, he's using the yes. students as additional processors for the neurocortex. So, he, And by doing this, he's been able to unlock the full power of his own mind, basically giving him like straight up telekinesis and seemingly uh-huh. the ability to like generate like psychic blasts, like full on like Dragon Ball Z shit happens in this. What the fuck? It's ridiculous. He says some stuff about like he's he's like compares telekinesis to like quantum entanglement and like that Einstein quote of like spooky action at a distance. I don't know if that's exactly what, te- what quantum entanglement is but i appreciate the swing and the techno babble for describing the the uh, tech telekinesis yeah. i think it's i fun. do too because it's fun. what it tells us isn't how this actually works what yeah. it tells us is that Otto octavius has figured out a scientific way to be a fucking psychic supervillain right right i love i love that <laughs> i think that's cool i think it's a good use of the science bullshit <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i love it so much it makes it sci-fi instead of just pure fantasy yes exactly i mean it lives in the overlap but it makes it feel like sci-fi and i think it's like actually kind of wild it's it's it makes it scarier when like the one of the ways that he exhibits his power is by removing the arms that refuse to his body dude dude you brought up anime and all i can think of is how so much more fucked up this would all be if it were an anime that wasn't necessarily made with children in the audience in mind yeah like the scene where he's where he like telekinetically pulls the arms out of his back because here's the thing it's not like 
it's not like a snap and they're just out, right? No. Like the back of his clothing is fully ripped off. Like, so his back is totally exposed. And you see that there were, you see the components that were like fused into what would have been his spine. It's not just like a clean break. He doesn't right. have remaining components. He fully unfused that shit from his body. That would have hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's definitely like that would have been a version bloody of this as that would fuck. be like full on like Akira <laughs> or something. Like they could they could have gone yes! really even harder on the body horror if they had the ability to do that. Um, and all while he's like yeah. floating, like increasingly just like floating, because he he initially comes from the ceiling, right? He's still connected to his mm-hmm. tentacles and just is like connected to the technology like the students are. But yeah, when he removes himself, he's literally just like floating there. He is straight up like an anime character who unlocked the power of their mind, you know, like, and it's yeah. just floating around blasting people. Yeah. Like surrounded by and it's like this auto. Yeah. This auto. Wild. Wild. <laughs> yeah. This dork ass flamboyant auto. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> when I started this show, never would expect you to see that out of the auto that I saw in the first couple episodes. No. It's yeah. And it's like it's it's also like <laughs> I love seeing this show when it embraces the anime of it all, you know, it really yeah. excels. Like I it like I know that they struggle with the limitations, so they can't do the flourishes that they want to do. Um sure. so they kind of just settle on like here's some anime character designs and a couple of anime moments. That's kind of the best we're able to do. This is some some of the best that they've been able to do ever. Like this yeah. whole sequence. Like they oh. really, really go for Ooh. it. Derek, the the fact that this is something we saw in Spectacular too, the fact that he had a lab that had tentacles built into the lab mm-hmm. that weren't attached to his body. Yeah. This show does that too. Yeah. And the way that they play with that is having these tentacles be so much longer than this show ever let his tentacles be. Mm-hmm. Spectacular never cared about that. Spectacular was always down to have his tentacles be as long as they needed them to be. Yeah. But this one kept it pretty pretty yeah. limited. Oh, so yeah. when Spider-Man's like running through or swinging through the lab and you just see this like mess of tentacles like crawling after him through the lab almost as if it's just like this its own organism. Wild I just stuff. oh I was I was like so I was cool. a kid in a candy store. I was like this is amazing. This is so amazing. <laughs> I love just a mess of like Doc Ock tentacles. I've shown you that that comic cover before that's just like an impossible mess mm-hmm. of like tentacle like metal tentacles. I oh, it's so cool. We love a tentacle. It's so cool. We love a tentacle. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything about this scene, it it's phenomenally fucked up and Otto is basically irredeemable. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But this, I love it. This is the point of no return for Otto, like one hundred percent. Yeah. There is no chance. <laughs> okay, Otto's gloating, obviously, it's what he does. And now he's a fucking telekinetic, so of course he's gloating even more. Like he just he 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 fancies himself a god at this point. And he begins to wrap Spidey up in sheets of metal and tentacles that are built into the lab, like I said. And and Spider-Man, it all hits him at once where he's like, fuck, everything that I've that I've dealt with since Otto returned has all just been part of this plan of his, right? Like the fact that he's at the school, the fact that the neurocortex is, is intersected, the silver stable, the wild pack, everything has been part of this and he can't do anything about it because he is slowly being crushed in this like metal coffin 
And then fucking Carolyn shows up. <laughs> rules. The rules. Just crashes through the door and is like, Otto, we need to talk. <laughs> like, it's so good. It rules. It rules. Because she goes through a whole, like, she go- basically goes through, like, basically everything she did for for getting next to Otto, essentially. Yes wild to me that she's sort of like well you know i hacked the system and falsified my own conviction to get into a prison cell next to you which is like excuse me <laughs> that just made her do? own criminal record yeah she yeah. just like faked a whole court that convicted her of a crime worthy enough of being in the cellar right <laughs> bananas bananas <laughs> Like, just absolutely fucking... And iconic. Yeah, yeah. And it's just sort of like, I did this for you, man, because I thought that you were cool. I really, I just (laughs) wanted to be near near my fucking hero, man. Come on. Mm -hmm. And now, and now you're like coming in here and just like betraying me and just like selling me out to the cops and we're not going to rule the world together. Oh, and I think it's also important that it's like, she's not basing all this just on what Spider-Man told her. Like, he does say to Spider-Man that she was just a tool and he doesn't care about her. Yes. Of course, as she's entering the room and overhears yes. it. So it's like, she's hearing him say the worst thing about her. So it's like, she's this, she's under no, she's under no pretense that like, that, that, that this is part of the plan or whatever. She's like, oh, so you fucking suck and you betrayed me. So yeah. never mind. Now we're enemies. Like, I love that. It's like, like, that's the thing that I thought also differentiates her from a lot of these like hyper fangirl obsessed of stories is that it's sort of like she's actively angry at him and she it's not like a thing she's not trying to convince herself that this is all a lie or that she's not in denial about it all as soon as she hears that he actually sucks it's sort of like oh okay well fuck you then i'm gonna punch you in the face (laughs) yes yes oh it's so good and he's so horrible to her like he's so terrible the fact that he just is is just like i got what i needed from you so what yeah (laughs) he's such a yeah i think and it's and it works because it's also in character right because like we know from the early from the earliest episodes he's had such an inferiority complex that the second that he's ever gotten power it turns him into like the worst human being imaginable because it's sort of like this is what i've always wanted this is what i deserve i'm better better than all of you i've always known that i'm always better than all of you you can't tell me anything different and it's sort of like once he's got fucking godlike psychic powers like that's like the height like that is like that is again no point of no return levels of narcissism at this point there's Mm not like he truly is sort of like the universe has proven to me that i am better than all of you i'm literally the god so i you all suck like it's just it totally makes sense that he's not even gonna try to can he's not even gonna lie to her like it's just sort of like no whatever i can kill you who cares yeah yeah Yeah, it's yeah it's it's all great it's it's good all of your ants And, like, as weird as it f- might feel for Otto Octavius, especially this version of Otto Octavius, to basically be a god-level telekinetic, it actually makes so much sense for exactly that reason, right? Like, he always viewed himself as a god. Now he just has the powers of a god. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was always the plan, you know? <sighs> so, Carolyn fights Otto. She doesn't give a fuck about his powers. It doesn't matter. He is now fully using telekinetic powers. She is just flailing her, you know, uh, metal arms, which she's actually very good at using. We've seen it. And as they do this, Spider-Man is like, perfect, here's my chance. And talks directly to the students, three of which are his very close friends, 
and compels them to fight back against Doc Ock's control. This is maybe the weakest part of all this, only because like they gotta figure it out and they gotta go right. Like they gotta wrap it up. Sure. They gotta like fig- figure something out within the environment that works, and so. He's successful in appealing to them, even though they're sort of in this weird catatonic state. Yeah. They're aware enough that he is able to get through and have them slow lock down, sap his power. They don't really explain what it is other than they resist is sort of like the yeah. big takeaway. I, I think, it, you know, if they had more more time and space, I think there would have been a, a cooler way to like visually represent this and actually maybe even like see. Well, see- also... If this were like a full horror version, we'd have the moment where one of them sort of like slightly breaks their their catatonia and is like, help me. Yeah, or just like (laughs) screaming or something. Uh. Yeah. But like, you know, I think there's a there's a there's a way that I think you could have like seen it through their eyes and and seen Peter breaking through the the barrier. Oh, that would have been easy to do, actually. Yeah. Like if you had it from their like literally from their eyes and then it starts to like Mm -hmm. clear enough that they see Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or honestly, know. this is like one of those scenarios where like it would have been kind of cool if he unmasked and then just was sort of like, no, I wasn't there. It sounds like it's pretty crazy like that you're seeing me there. Even, like there's a way that I feel like you could have pulled that true. off because they don't really remember what happened. They don't remember. Ak is in a coma at the end of this and Carolyn just kind of dips out anyway. And I, I would what does she care? That she, and she doesn't even know who he is. So like that actually would have been a really cool opportunity for him, for him to Ooh, do that. Now, now that's yeah. what I wish happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but even still, in spite of all that, I think that yeah, I think that could have been more effective. It still works for me though because it is just like yeah. it is your classic power of friendship thing, which feels very anime and also feels very this show as well. So yeah, like, I, yeah. it still it still works perfectly for me. I I give them that, and it and it and it opens it up to like this fucking like cool ass little sequence and like one of the coolest like fucking freeze frames from the show because you have like mm. all the fucking basically they represent them resisting by basically having like psychic electric like glowing lightning bolts fire out of their brains into the, mm-hmm. into the in, at auto like in the sky like and it's just explodes and oh like this like giant like psychic explosion that like freeze frames as Otto and Carolyn are like oh. at, are in their in their like DBZ oh. moment of flying I at want each it other painted on a van. It's so it looks cool. So good. Never oh. seen anything like that on this show ever. It's so no. fucking cool. Absolutely rips. Maybe the coolest thing this show's ever done, oh, if not I, definitively. I think the coolest thing this show's ever I done. I can't think the only other time I felt so excited watching an action sequence on this show was like the Sand Girl stuff in the Sandman episode. Oh yeah, yeah. But like there was not a, there was but that was cool because the movement was great. There yeah. this this like just that single frame is like the coolest frame yeah. out of this entire the, fucking show. Remember how geeked I was about the um like Venom being electrocuted mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. I feel like this gives me similar vibes where it's just like yeah. a really artistic frame that just absolutely looks fucking rad. Not needed in narratively no. or whatever. You would take it out and nothing would change, right? Nar- like narratively, right? Yeah. Like if you're obsessed with everything should only be in service of the plot, like you don't need it. It is the cool, like, but like, like the Venom thing, it is truly only there because an art artist thought that it would look good and wanted yes. to create Ooh. something that looked Ooh. good. Derek, the way you just said that gave me chills, especially because <laughs> the current sort of state and discussion uh-huh. around artists uh-huh. and the human element, this yeah. 
is because somebody was a human being who was inspired. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's like why a lot of fucking, I mean, not to go out of the fucking rabbit hole, but I think that's why a lot of like AI art inevitably is going, like looks, you know, does like. Dumb and soulless and well, stupid. Well, looks soulless because I think, yeah, because it's sort of like <laughs> not everything is, nece- because not every detail in art is necessary quote unquote necessary right it is not necessary yes. to have a really fucking cool anime dbz inspired frame <laughs> freeze frame in this show but adding it adds so much like i get right. i feel like it amps this episode up in points so much just by having that one fucking freeze frame um mm-hmm. makes it so like just adds so much to you as a viewer like so much enjoyment like to you as a viewer and just that spark of creativity that can only come from a human element of a person like you said just being inspired to do something cool because they're in a space where they can do it because they they can they can put that in their spider-man show that they're working on and they they probably pictured it in their head before literally drawing it on paper, sending it to someone to digitally color it, sending it to someone to mm. add the lighting effects, and all of that came together into Several this one human element. Beautiful, this one beautiful little moment that like we've talked about so much because I'm I I saw it and I'm never gonna forget it. That image is imprinted no. on my head, and I'm always going to associate that with this episode and remember this episode and the feelings that it gave me, the feelings of excitement and beauty that it gave me watching it on screen and one of the characters was carolyn trainer <laughs> like do you know what i mean like yeah. it's not even like harry and peter it's otto octavius and this character we just met like, yeah yeah for it to still be as powerful as it is with that particular combination like it's just god it's so good it's yeah. so good it's watch so this good. episode yeah. watch this fucking episode it's, it's fun as hell absolutely <sighs> <sighs> all right it's a cool fight. It's all it's all I great. Need a cigarette. <laughs> I know, right? Right? But yeah, I mean, it's a cool fight. All 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 of that said, between Carolyn and and Spider-Man and, you know, and his friends strapped to the computer being able to basically hit him both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Ock is knocked out, knocks off his headgear. There's a whole like psychic explosion that happens. <laughs> like visible from the outside world. Apparently so. Yep. Yep. People like all outside are commenting on like what what the hell was that? So it's legit. So Ak is down, down for the count. Spidey checks on the su- students and it's like, okay, they're unconscious, but they're okay. Carolyn's like, uh, I don't think Otto is though. Um He's, he's like al- alive, but that seems to be it. Yeah, he's definitely in a coma that is absolutely a coma <laughs> Ooh, and th- when they show his face like it's not pretty it's creepy his eyes are like half rolled into the back of his head not Ooh. pretty not pretty Carolyn's oh so like just sort of like yeah he's in a coma oh no the cops are here oh this is so annoying like i love how chill she is <laughs> about the fucking psychic explosion that just happened <laughs> Look, she had a point to make and she made it, okay? It's true, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like I was mad at him and now he's out. So I mean, you know, I yeah. I came to d- did what I did. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out for me. So the police do arrive because there was an explosion. Um and before they get there, Spider-Man challenges Carolyn like, "Hey, I know this was all super fucked up. I know this was a lot." But the one thing Doc Ock didn't do was like use his second chance the way he should have. You can. If you get another chance, do it right in the way that he didn't. Like, don't follow your idol this time. Right. And all we really 
get as a resolution to this so far is that we do see her drop her harness to the ground and mm-hmm. seemingly leave it behind. Yeah. Hey, good start. Good start. Good you start. Don't, you don't need an, an auto Octavius stuff in your life. Although, you know, no. she could be a good Dr. Octopus. You can have tentacles and be good. Yeah. You absolutely could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so later, Miles awakens in a school infirmary bed uh, and he sees Peter telling Gwen and Anya what Doc Ock had been doing because none of them remember the experience at all. They're just sort of. So, I mean, which is probably. I'm never going like, to forget now that I wish that he had unmasked in this moment. I know. Ah! I know. It would have been. Yeah, it is a missed opportunity. I'm glad uh, this is a scenario. I'm very glad they don't remember what happened to them because like otherwise the trauma of that, they're not getting over. Oh yeah. In this case, it's like being told secondhand, like, yeah, so you were like kind of strapped to a chair and being used as a human computer. And it's sort of like, Oh, okay. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do with that information. So I'm just going to move on with my life, I guess. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Power to them for being able to, I, that would still fuck you up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love miles just being like, I missed something. Didn't I? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You did. (laughs) Yeah. You did. (laughs) Uh That's just miles in Spider-Man 2017 miles missed something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Peter has this little like, nice moment where he's like oh spider-man showed up to save you but you actually ended up saving Mm spider-man and they all kind of like chuckle at this because i don't know spider-man's in the zeitgeist i guess um (laughs) but the sort of humor is cut pretty quickly because some doctors roll the still comatose auto past their room (laughs) and he's like oh yeah so like auto's in bad shape (laughs) yeah fii yep uh, we go to Max's office after that, where Max is, uh, tells Peter to pass along his thanks to Spider-Man for sharing that footage of the battle in the neurocortex lab with him. So he's he's fully in the know of everything that happened. Um, and he, of course, beats himself up for <laughs> letting Otto be in the room. And it's sort of like, yeah, I guess I'll um, you know make security a little tighter around this like super science project and maybe not invite supervillains to work on it like a you know a day after they came back claiming to be refined and i'm just like duh max yeah Mm -hmm. yes yes correct i guess i'm glad you learned something we've learned a valuable lesson today (laughs) yeah that you a a grown man running a super science school should have probably (laughs) had already learned before but i'll take it i guess (laughs) yeah maybe other adult scientists are just tired of his shit more than they're like mad at him yeah yeah, yeah, he is pretty <laughs> irresponsible, I will say. <laughs> no great power, great responsibility in Max Modell's world. <laughs> no, no. What's weird, though, is like Peter, I guess it's not weird, but I-, I wasn't expecting it. Peter almost like offers a silver lining, though, to the whole situation. And he's like, yeah, it was fucked up, but like, at least we kind of confirmed like the power of the neurocortex like it's pretty that's a a pretty big deal very thin silver lining i think i i just feel like i mean it's a it's It's a cart it's cartoon the next thing they say it but it is just sort of like realistically it's a cartoon it's spider-man show it doesn't matter but like realistically after something like this happens where high school students are strapped to a their brains are strapped to a chair because the super element is your device. That board, Lock that shit up, right? The board that was just saying that Peter needs to pay his tuition is also going to be like, Max, either you're fired or this project is next and we're not doing it at all. Yeah. And maybe someone goes to jail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. 
No, the, Max does not keep his job no. in, in a realistic situation <laughs> it's at like all. The, the un, it's just the underreaction to all of this is so yeah. funny. Like, it's just sort of... That, that, that's so true. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up, but, like, at least we know the thing's powerful, right? Bro. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the justification that they had, I think last week was that it's like, well, the, all the school's funding is, is linked to this project. So if you don't have the neurocortex yeah. horizons shut down and like, that's literally the only way that I think it can be explained that the, that all of this shit isn't just locked away forever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I love the idea that if they don't work on this one year long project, these super geniuses just won't have anything to do. <laughs> sure. It's so absurd. I, 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 it's like all in jest. This episode fucking rules. It's just yeah. it, that 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 aspect of it is just so funny. It's just so it's so television. It's just sort of like we have to have a little status quo, right? Like that. Yeah. yeah. There's to be fair, Max probably shouldn't have kept his job after season one either. So I guess no. this man is just unfireable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a literal statue of him outside There's of the, a literal the school? Statue of him. It so. was beheaded, I think, last year. So maybe it's not anymore. But yeah. you know. <laughs> but like this whole thing is so that they can once again acknowledge the project that is the neurocortex, how important it is to the school, and Max can once again sort of say, like, Peter, I would really like you to be around to help us figure this out. If it's going to be this big, scary, powerful thing, I think you should be here helping us, you know, solve it. Which is just another gentle reminder that you need to pay your fucking tuition. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Uh, So unsurprisingly, Peter's like, well, I guess I got to pay my tuition, so I'm going to rescind my refusal to sell footage to the Daily Bugle uh, so I can get that sweet, sweet money. Jameson's like, holy shit, this stuff works. You know, of course, he's looking at footage of, 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 Spider-Man getting his ass beat basically. And it was like, you know what? This is great. Peter, you're awesome. Actually, I'm going to keep you on retainer. You might even be able to end up with a regular job. If you keep up with work, this good, give me more shots of Spider-Man fucking up. Um, so Peter's like, yay, question mark. And then, of course, once again, Jameson's like Eddie, who just happens to be in the room for this. Oh, sitting, my God. Standing there silently again, no lines in this episode whatsoever, says nothing. He's just in the room with Jameson as as as, he's, as they're watching the 16 year old child's footage and just being like, this fucking high school kid is so much better than you. You suck you suck eddie and eddie just kind of glares so they're really going real hard on this aren't they <laughs> three for three three it's, for three every, every episode of the season has done this it's <laughs> yeah it's uh i'm i'm very, i just i kind of i need the venom thing to just happen now just because like i don't know how long it can go on i need just, him to speak <laughs> yeah i just need minimum, him to say literally say anything one word he needs to he hasn't even grunted he is just i know glared. like i need to I at hope least the first know thing what he says in the show like. is my apartment my apartment maybe they're holding out maybe they were trying to make a deal with that guy you know yeah yeah so back at Horizon, Peter finds Gwen, Anya, and Miles cleaning up the neurocortex lab. And he's like, dude, you should not have to be in here after what happened to you. Yeah, agree. And like, agree. you certainly shouldn't be cleaning up after Otto. And they are just the sunshiniest little bunch because they're like, well, the only way we're going to be able to continue studying this 
thing that we were connected to Why? Uh, is to clean up. Would you ever want to <laughs> be near that device ever again? Like, yeah. what the fuck, kids? You guys are a little. I know you guys are a little too committed to your science stuff. It the, kind of unsettles me, actually. The intended audience of this show, being in mind, is really like carrying this forward beyond like all of these thoughts and questions like it is it is grabbing the hand and like racing past all those questions (laughs) it's like nope we gotta go yeah Uh (laughs) we don't have time for that nope nope everything's fine everybody Uh, it's all fine we're not gonna talk about it it's okay it's all fine it's all fine fine. we're fine we have schoolwork it's It's cool we we're just gonna distract ourselves it's fine and we're never gonna think about it we're fine. And we're going to hope that none of these memories ever bubble fine. up. We're all fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. All we're fine. fine. We're fine. We're fine, Peter. We're fine. Peter, we're fine. All three of them start saying in unison, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it is meant to be a heartwarming moment where they're like, it's okay. We're friends because we have each other. Yeah. Um, and the episode ends with Peter sharing that sentiment and being like, you know what? I am really appreciative that I'm here. I really want to be here with you um, because I'm better here and and our friendship makes me better and all that sort of stuff. And then throws in the little thing like, and you know what? It's, it's only smooth sailing from here because Otto won't be causing us any more grief this year. And then you see a little dismembered metal (laughs) arm twitch a little bit in the foreground as they all have their moment in the background. Yeah. So he's not done yet. (laughs) Oh, boy. You don't know the answer to this question, and no. neither do I. No. So what do you think? I mean, we've seen sort of like a, a, a little two-episode master planner arc. It could have ended here. They've very clearly made it such that it is not over. So, like, what is... Where do we go from here with Doc Ock if he's in a coma, he's detached from his arms? Like, what's... What is... What is that foreshadowing? Even though I haven't seen it, I think I do know what it is. So I'm not going to say it because I actually okay. I know for sure what it is. But I, so I'm curious what you ah, have shit. Say, God, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I know that we've seen versions of Doc Ock who is separate from his arms. But this one was very clearly like fused to his spine. So like the fact that they're still operating is an interesting hint. Yeah. The fact that he was able to gain telekinetic powers from the experience. Yeah. I know we're supposed to walk away uh, not thinking that he still has them, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was something residual there that keeps him sort of connected to his his arms, whether he's literally physically connected to them or not. So yeah. I could see a scenario where he escapes even still in a coma. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like his arms just come to retrieve him and then yeah. he sort of rehabs on his own outside of the environment yeah. and just comes back as an even more fucked up, you know, more explicitly no pretense, no no disguise or acting just like I am the worst version of Ock now. Um, yeah. yeah. Get fucked. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because there's no, there's, they're just, like we said, there's no redeeming him anymore. Like he is just simply the worst version of himself. And any, any way he comes back is going to be explicitly and unabashedly evil. Yeah. That's the only way he can come back. And like even angrier than he ever was, I think. Because it's sort of like that was his like kind of ultimate master plan and it got ruined yeah. by spider-man and, and actually what i could see this and this i i really truly don't know but what I, I could see because peter and miles and gwen and anya were all 
or Spider-Man and then the other three were all involved in this. I do think mm-hmm. it's like it when he does inevitably come back, I think he could have a bone to pick with the entire group of spider people, you know, um, which well, I think and, is a cool opportunity. And we, I, I wasn't expecting to bring these things up so early. So I felt like such a goober ass watching this episode, uh-huh. having just said like, well, I'm going to hold on to these thoughts for when they're relevant. And they're like relevant next week. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fact that Doc Ock used the sort of like scientist sort of never give up line on Spider-Man, like we know now it's because he was watching the fight where Spider-Man said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we also know that like Spider-Man sort of fucked up and, and said something to Ock that he shouldn't have said to Ock. Um, we know that like Silver Sable is still out there and was monitoring uh, initially it looked like he was she was monitoring Ock in relation to stealing the neurocortex when in fact she was just monitoring that the situation was all playing out the way that it was supposed to mm-hmm. um we also know that he was linked physically and psychically to these four students that we know will all eventually be spider people so like there aren't that many pieces that have to fit together especially when he is potentially fucking psychic um or had some sort of psychic link with them like he literally could be the most dangerous villain in this series if they lean into the fact that he was literally connected to three of the people we know will be spider people yeah like he could just come back and be like i know you're all spider people and i I would buy it cool yeah i would yeah because yeah i mean yeah i mean especially because yeah we don't really know exactly how long it's going to be before he comes back or what's going to happen in between maybe gwen and anya become spider people permanently in the meantime too and then it's the sort of like i actually don't know when they become spider people i I genuinely don't i I genuinely don't know i genuinely know i have an idea of when Otto will come back roughly not but not exactly um but I don't really know exactly when the Gwen Anya stuff happens or exactly how it happens because I mean, they've been spidery before, but like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm this season is 26 episodes as well, right? Uh-huh, so we're going to, you know, we're I'm guessing split we're it. not going to be talking about Otto being back for at least a year. I think so. <laughs> I feel like that's, yeah, that's, I'm not exactly sure, but I feel like probably cause the little I do know, I think that it, it's not going to be after this batch of episodes so i think that i do think it's a it's a it's a solid prediction that this is the last time we see him until we revisit the show in a year or so um yeah which i'm fine with i think this is like a nice way to send him off and then get on to other things for a while until he inevitably comes back yeah yeah oh my poor baby boy i know (laughs) i know he's stuck in a coma I know. I don't have a great relationship with Spider-Man shows and comas. So glad to know he's coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited to see it because it's going to only, I mean, they've absolutely established him as a fucking horrible villain at this point. Like just an absolute monster in a way that even last season, he wasn't on that level. So I'm, and, and, and I think that, you know, we talked about it in a lot, but this version of Otto mixed this, this sort of this weird, awkward version of Otto being one of the most monstrous autos you've ever seen is so fucking fun. And that makes him so much more mm-hmm. fun to see on screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. Thank you. 2017. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good shit, man. 
got a couple of faces of the episode. I will say this, this episode was really hard to pull faces from because it was a lot of cool shit, but not a lot of funny shit. Yeah. Um, I pulled a couple of them. I just, I had a little callback to the uh, Jonah wink that you pulled last week. Oh, tell me more. The exact opposite of, of that Jonah wink is like him with his like kind of angry stink face yelling yeah. at you. <laughs> Screaming directly at you. This is the direct eye contact I don't want. Yeah. I liked yeah. the wink direct eye contact. Yeah. I think it's also, a, I think it is an interestingly drawn face because they don't usually put a lot of lines on people's faces and they put a lot of lines on his faces on his face during yeah. his yelling in this case and like kind of mm-hmm. almost accentuate his nose a lot more than they usually do. Yeah. So it's a fun face. Yeah. The other one, I don't even think the face is that great, but it was like the show doesn't really use like cutaways and stuff. But like, <laughs> I feel like the one cutaway when the, the when there's an explosion, the psychic explosion happens, and they just cut to outside New York of like people reacting to it, and there's like a cop like eating a hot dog and being surprised with his hot dog. And I'm like, I feel like you guys specifically like made this shot so like the guys from Walloping Web Snappers would do a face of the episode with that face. Well, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that all three of them are looking in completely different directions. Yeah, actually, I do too. Right. Like, what? They're not all reacting to the same thing. (laughs) There's a lot (laughs) happening out there. (laughs) It's New York. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about it a ton that we fucking love this episode. Love it. Favorite episode of the season. I know the season is very shallow so far. Yeah. But so far, I mean. One of my favorite episodes of this show. Yeah. It's really fun and so unexpected too. Not at all, not at all where I expected this to be going by a wide yeah. margin. <laughs> uh, the hype I felt, yeah. Episode <laughs> rips, love it so much. Yeah, uh, can't wait to see what whatever the heck they do next. Probably going to watch like that psychic action sequence several nights moving forward before I go to bed, just so that I hope to dream <laughs> about more of it. <laughs> it's that good. Yep. 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 <laughs> Well, if you would like to dream about us, one way you could do it is by listening to us on Patreon as you fall asleep. You can find that over on patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. Uh, we've got all kinds of beautiful things you can dream about over there. Spider-Man things, not Spider-Man things, movie things, TV things, comic things, and most of it is available for just a buck a month. Uh, it is a great way to support uh, the things Derek and I are doing. You can also check us out on our Discord. There is a link in the show notes. Um, as we record this episode, there is like active discussion happening about uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and a little bit about 2017 because I was posting in there that we started watching it. Uh, so pop in there to talk uh, all about your favorite Spider-Man show. Um, and you can find us individually all over the place. Derek, where can people find you on the internet and the stuff that you are working on? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. I'm also on other uh, platforms, usually under that name or Dare Bear, Mr. Dare Bear. You can also find my other podcast gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, structure breaking, gimmicky episodes of TV. I do that podcast with my co-host, David. That's also on the Glitter Jaw Collective. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also follow my Twitch at... Mr. Dare Bear, where I stream VHS recordings of old television airings. That includes with the original commercials. So uh, if you want to get nostalgic and see some old live uh, lo-fi, mm-hmm. uh, lo-fi taped recordings of classic TV from as early as the early 90s. So actually, I found something from like 1985 that's in really good quality what? that I'm going to stream yep, soon. So uh, not, I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to end up streaming that one, but I was very excited that that tape like 
honestly, they, they tapes used to be built better because that tape is in better quality than like stuff <laughs> from like 2005 TVH. So, um, but yeah, if you want to find tapes, period. Right. Right. Find uh, cool. <laughs> if you want to find cool little treasures like that, definitely follow my Twitch. Uh, what about you, Doug? You can find me all over the place at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast, and you can listen to me on a Glitterjaw podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friend Katie and I get together and catch up on all the books and video games and sometimes other media we've been consuming lately. If you would like to find other queer creators who talk about media, check out the Glitterjaw Queer Podcast Collective. We've mentioned it a few times. You can find it over at glitterjaw.com. And that does include our new show that Derek and I are doing together called Screonk, a Godzilla movie marathon where we are stomping through Godzilla's filmography. Um, I think there should be two episodes of that out when this drops, uh, an intro episode uh, and our episode covering the very first Godzilla movie from 1954. So um, check that out. Uh, visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of the things Derek and I do together um, and follow Walloping Web Snappers on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. You can also email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. That goes double for Screonk if you listen to that. Make oh, sure please. you're subscribed to that and rating please. that. That really um, helps. And if it, it, it super does. But if you've heard that on podcasts a lot, it's because it's true. It's very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who's done that. And of course, next week, um, we have a new episode, but... It's Halloween, so we are releasing some Halloween Patreon episodes about spooky comics. Ooh, yes, and then we'll be back to the 2017 show the week after. Yeah. So just a fun little pause where we're going to get spooky. Spooky. See you then. Bye.